healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Merely a two-word review just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next man. Welcome back to the Basement Fellow Music Lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the motherfucking podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual, and we are glad uh, that you chose to spend a little time with us here today. Um... You're going to keep it a little quick up here in the intro and in the outro. There's not going to be a track this week because um, we want to try to keep, start getting these shorter. we got to work on ourselves and stop running our mouths, but but also want to keep these a little, little more bite-sized. Um, down here today with my good friend Mr. Marcus K. Dowling talking about an album that uh, he, he put in front of me. And it was – yeah, I was aware of it, and, uh, and I really loved this artist's uh, last EP, but uh, it, it wasn't really moving me. So um, – we decided to sit down and talk about it and figure out like what it means to him, what it means to other people who are really digging this album and versus like what, what's not hitting with me and what's not landing. So it's, it's less a, a review of Kalela's take me apart than it is, uh, than it is more a discussion around it and around like how music like this, uh, what, what its actual impact is, I think in the, in the time that it is existing in. And right now, um, this is an important album, and I will give it all the credit for that. But the question is, is, is it going to last, or if it's going to last? So uh, we're going to be doing that, and, uh, and that's about it. So if you guys are ready to head on down to the basement, if you're comfortable, if you've got a little beverage, if you like, uh, if you got a new kitten like me, Sam the Kitten came up and, uh, and stole my heart Halloween evening and now he is sitting down here in the basement with me Justin gives me a little mortified but they're working it out guys working it out better than we can say for the rest of us in the world uh, but so if you got your kitten your drink or whatever you need your snack let's head on down to the basement and uh, talk to my good friend Marcus Dowling about Kalela's latest new album take me apart Trying to not make every Minneapolis record they've made, but but yeah, and <laughs> and then they're just like fuck it. Yeah, but in the middle of it, there's like a Prince song. It's yeah, like, it's, like, it's like what the fuck, dude? What's like, going on with it's that? Like, guys, you 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 know this stuff works. You don't have to but, like, uh, break it up. This is this is all for another conversation, of Mr. course, Mr. Dowling. Welcome back. Hey, what's going on? Uh, how's your week been? Surviving Indictment Gate. Oh man, <laughs> it's 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 all it's all comedy at this point. It's, it's amazing. Every day you just wake up and you're like, oh, all right. For for those of you not in D.C. right now, this is um, – we've been sweating in a very different way <laughs> because, look, here's the thing. If shit goes wrong, like, you guys are coming after us and you don't care. To us, right, yeah. we're all frumpkins to you guys. Yeah. And it's just not the case. It's... And, uh, and, and this was the start, I think, of uh, – it's, it's gonna be. It's gonna be good. I mean, now we've got the. Uh, this is like where the the the, the denouement, maybe of the the first act of this story takes place. Yep. 
and now you get all the, the the fascinating you know falling action as as they they say in in my my ninth grade you know literature mm-hmm. textbook so yeah yeah, yeah it's going to be it's going to be be wild but uh we you actually brought over this record sir that, I did. that we need to talk about I did. um and uh this is some stuff i don't we talked a lot i've talked a lot about <laughs> <laughs> dentist office music and stuff but yes. but uh you know this record Khalil's take take me apart this is give a little background on her okay so uh Khalil was born in uh Gaithersburg Maryland uh family's from Washington DC she did a lot of her growing up in the nation's capital um she wanted yeah an important aside to that she's second generation Ethiopian American yes. which if you don't know about Washington D.C. It's a huge thing. Well, it's an actual like African, right? It's Afro-centric the it's, culture. I was going to say that uh, the Ethiopian population in Washington D.C. is the second biggest in the world outside of Addis, Addis Ababa. Yeah, like that's insanity. Like it, it's it's such a rich tradition of the nation's capital. And uh, she, it's a funny story with her. Like just. She wanted to go to Duke Ellington School of Performing Arts, but she her parents couldn't afford the, the tuition to because uh, she was living out of state. And so there's a tuition if you live from outside of the nation's capital to go to Duke Ellington. This is like a more recent thing, like yeah, yeah. you know, just for raising money and the nature of you know like secondary schools in the nation's capital. And so she ended up you know going to school out in you know the the hinterlands out there in the suburbs. And it's funny because I've always felt like that influences her sound in a lot of ways. Like a lot of her angst about not being able to go to like the 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 ultimate African American artistic high school in the nation's capital, right? Um, and so she, you know, came up in in the scene here, you know, played punk shows in Mount Pleasant, and then, yeah, yeah, and she's, a, she's she's in a metal band. I mean, yeah, she's a phenomenal vocalist, and she moved to L.A. because that's what people do. Like that's the yeah. that's the other fascinating part about her story is like talk about <laughs> right. She moved to L.A. because she's like, okay, I can sing, and you know, I want to like win at this thing and not be in dc where you know people for a long time did not win and and still to a to a degree do not win um you know so it's funny like when you look at like kalila i look at her and i put her in the exact same like category as like april george mm-hmm. you know cecily alexa bombre um Amina youssef uh carola malachi all these like great there's a rich tradition of amazing female vocalists in the nation's capital so she's a part of this tradition in a lot of ways. She is, and I, and I want to um, just get me into this, and, and this is how I got into this. Is, uh, I want to play a little track so so y'all mm-hmm. at home, if you haven't heard it, know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and this is uh, LMK, which is uh, let me know. Yeah, lead speak, millennial ass. Yeah, there's all, sor- there's all sorts of millennial leads yeah, going on in this record. Yeah, we'll uh, get into that. This is off of uh, so this is uh, LMK. This is the thing off of uh, Take Me Apart from Kalila.
LMK from Khalil's Take Me Apart. Now, uh, I don't know how many of you kids have been uh, subscribing to Netflix lately. I think a lot. Yeah. Uh, and you're watching The Stranger Things. I just finished it up last night. I'm not going to mm-hmm. drop you spoilers. I will say, get pretty dusty in the room in the last episode. Okay, I'm, I'm, <laughs> so, I'm, I'm going to be watching it later it's, tonight. It's, it's so. going to tug at your heartstrings. But, right. uh, but you know, this. what's interesting about this is because, uh, you, you know, a lot has been made, at least in our circles, that she is from D.C. Yeah. And a, a lot uh, – and she moved to L.A. And, and London. And look, that's what people do. And, and we've talked a lot about with people down here in this basement, yeah. the Odyssey, about it. Like you have to build your craft here and get out. Uh, I'm actually falling on that. Shout out to Brianna Younger for doing that. Yeah. She's in New York now. Yeah. She's heading to New York. Um, Congrats. And, uh, and, I, and I am becoming a firm believer in that. So this is why I want to announce that like this podcast is moving to New York. No, it's, <laughs> it's not. But uh, but I'm moving into no no. But but Ooh, but but here's but, but, but here's the thing is that uh, you know that aesthetic of Stranger Things, Johnny Jewel, the chromatic stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something you don't hear a lot of in R and B. It creeps in with the good producers yeah. because they're they're working more in a. Uh, it, more in a zeitgeisty mode, and it's not just about beats. Like I, w- I would imagine Matt, you already yeah mentioned April yeah, Vista, right. April George. Uh, yeah. I would mention Matt from that group, uh, right. uh, thinking about doing that. But uh, so it's not something you hear a lot, and and it it provides a little more atmosphere. A couple of years ago, there's a record, uh, uh, same year her EP Hallucinogen came yeah. out uh, by Rye. Yes, very similar in mm-hmm. in tone and stuff, and it, and it is it's eschewing the traditional, uh, you know, the wow like right. R and B stuff for a little more atmospheric stuff. But like where I stumbled on this personally was that, uh, despite all these interviews and despite all these people saying that this is this one thing. I'm not finding a lot of depth on it, which may hold on, which may or may not be okay. Oh, yeah. Because if look, a record can be just that—a record of it. a thing. But this is very much to me feeling like an album that is just sort of I journaled my relationships, and here it is. Okay, so um, this this is a whole like political conversation that we're going to dive into okay. here briefly. Yeah. I'm probably you know extend it, but um. There's a thing with African-American female vocalists and their relation to the people who produce their records. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Janet Jackson had Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Aaliyah had Timbaland. Um, the one thing that Kalila has never had is a consistent African-American producer right. in the mm-hmm. room. And there's something about with the way that she crafts music mm-hmm. that is very much political. In the sense that she's trying to, like, you know, articulate her femininity and her control over her craft Mm -hmm. and also her black femininity specifically in relation to her craft. And there's a relation that she has between, you know, white producers and gay producers Mm -hmm. being being important. Like there's numerous, like, you know, cross sections of culture that happen in her music and their relation to black sounds being vocalized by a black female vocalist that's very much at play here and very much key to like really diving in and understanding like the strength of the sound right right which if you didn't know that 
And this is the problem I think that a lot of people find, which is why, like, Khalil is not Solange. Yeah. You know, like, is that you have to understand those cross-sections, either intrinsically on a personal level or just historically on a musical level. So you have to understand that play for the music to, like, really pop off and hit the you. The thing about that, though, is I hear you, and, 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 and but what it sounds like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, what it sounds like you're saying is you have to have context that is not necessarily uh, directly related to the album. I mean, we all know the context of uh, female African-American singers in the background of political context and stuff. But, it, you know, there's a big difference between putting that in, in, into your songs like Solange does. Right. Um, or Beyonce does. Right. Uh, and, and just saying, hey, I am for all of this, but here's some songs that really have nothing to do about it. And, you know, we've been talking about narratives, and I wanted to get off narratives for the year. We're going to actually have, have a conversation soon <laughs> about just about, uh, about just about and what good that does every, anybody. And the answer is fuck all. It doesn't do fuck all for anybody. But unless you're, unless you're her long term at least, but yeah. And, and that's the thing. So this, this, you know, artist has moved up from DC from Mount Pleasant shows mm-hmm. stuff. Now, you know, if you're her in LA, you're the top and, and you're yeah. getting, you, you're getting featured on like insecure. I don't know if she was yeah, on it. She but, was. Yeah. She's been on it every like. Okay, so Khalil is like for for like intellectual for fans of intellectual R and B for fans of intellectual dance music for fans of for people who like to think while they listen to music that is ambient and or atmospheric and or dance ready. She's the best. Mm-hmm. Like she's the ac- the actual best. Like you don't get a level higher than where Khalil is. So I think that's that's the thing here, and but, but why the thinking? Because I I, I don't. It's it's the I, fact I, this that doesn't, she because when I listen to this, it doesn't require me to think. I but I think this okay, is okay. So think about it like this. I was I, I it's funny. I was I was hoping you would say this because yeah, yeah. I was I was trying to contextualize it the right way. So um, we went back to that point where we were talking about Janet. We were talking about Aaliyah and all these other black female vocalists who have had black people in the studio. Um, there's an intrinsic connection between singer and producer and producer is super important here because the, 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 the kids who are now grown people, I guess, like in the, in the, the four years since cut for me, her debut, uh, album EP came out, mixtape, whatever you want to call it, came out to now. These are all grown people. But at the time, these are all largely kids who are were all great producers, part of the night slugs and fade to mind family, or this is like, and these are like influential underground production collectives mm-hmm. and she was a vocalist associated with that collective so we see the move now from her being a vocalist in a collective to her being truly a standalone artist right and the key to this is that it's like imagine if janet jackson were produced by giorgio Moroder, new order and arthur baker there's a there's a there's a gap there in the music that 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 like the artist has to cross and the producer has to cross mm-hmm. and it's not symbiotic. There's a thing that you hear especially when you deal with African American vocal female vocalists right. where the music and the production move in lockstep. Like there's not too far that Timbaland's going that Aaliyah can't guide him to or vice versa. Whereas here there's not any guiding. There's a conversation that's taking place. And in Kalila's case, 
Okay. Which is great as compared to like say right, and that's other, it, that's other interesting people. to me right. now. Right, and compared to other people who sing these songs now, like Janae Aikos and these mm-hmm. people who are being pushed as which, I, which I'm sorry, that album's terrible. Right, well, it is, but that's neither here nor there. That's why we're not reviewing it. Yeah, it that's why we're reviewing this and not that. Yeah, yeah, because there's a thing that happens when you have cross cultural communication and everybody's mm-hmm. influenced by the same thing. Like, these are people who are influenced by Jada Jackson, influenced by Aaliyah, and influenced by Shannon, and the yeah. Cover Girls, and right, 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 Selena, right. and any great female, you know, vocalist of color in the last 25 years, 30 years. And when you have these people in the same room, having conversations, which is key, and the conversation is not guided from the producer down, mm-hmm. but it's guided from the vocalist right. down, so let's hear another That's song. Where this is let's hear another song to try to like convince me of this. Yeah, on and on. Of what you're saying. This is on and on, but uh, and then we'll come back and, and I want to talk a little bit about that. take me apart uh you know quite like that song actually it, it builds the atmosphere builds a little tension uh with what's going on and uh but it still doesn't uh speak to me as like this is a great work and something we were talking about during while well, that song was playing uh was the this narrative of like she is in control and and so instead of having producers trot out uh singer and then that's the thing and the right. real stars of that this is this is this is flipped and i do believe and need <laughs> should go on the record of saying that's the most important thing here yeah but what i what i'm finding is personally is it's not making it into the music and what i, I want to figure out is like is it even important in this case because if uh say Picture this that like so we know how music press works. Yeah, we know how people write hyperbolic bullshit yeah. about everything. Uh, and 
And we know people have to sell stuff. That's the most important thing. And, right. and whether you're a writer, an mm-hmm. e-tailer, a promoter, you write shit to sell stuff. There are mm-hmm. very few pure music writers left. Uh, I don't know any. Yeah, I know, I, know, I know one or two. Yeah. I'll yeah. take that back. One of them is not in the room, by the way, even. Yeah. That's the right. funny part. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't thinking of you. Ah, I know. Uh, but um, it's true. But, oh, yeah. but, but, but so with that in mind, um, you know, it, it feels a little like compromised because if in this vacuum, Kalela is somebody who would believe all the narratives written about her. She absolutely she, does. But she would then believe that she made a, a one of the year's best albums. When I think, for me at least, as somebody who, who does like really appreciate this type of music, I think it's an okay album. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been buying a lot of vinyl. I'm not going to go out and, like, if this comes up on a playlist, I'm like, oh, yeah, her. And, like, that disconnect is sort of what bothers me about this because I, I rather liked Lucingen. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason I liked it is because it was quick. Yeah. And it showcased her talent. Her voice is amazing. Um, and it showcased uh, – and experimentation with production – and and that is key, I think. And I don't. Some people I know have criticized it as saying like it's abandoning um, the traditional black R and B sound. Right. I don't think that at all. And, and just like Moses Sumney, you know, rebels mm-hmm. against soul. Like he is soul, but he he's saying that be, he's trying to distance himself from that. It, it, it's still the same. Things can evolve, is what I'm saying. No, I agree. And, and this is evolving this into a space mm-hmm. that maybe uh, it should be in 2017 and maybe uh, lights the way for other artists to be like, you know, if you grew up listening to idolizing Janet Jackson, which she clearly did. Yes. And, uh, and, and every single thing that's happened since. Um, you might stick to those tropes, and and she just doesn't, and that that is refreshing, right? But it doesn't, it still doesn't make it great, and I'm I want to wrap my head head around this to make yeah, it I'll, great I'll help for me. You here. So maybe you can help me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we we idolize Blood Orange, we idolize Kendrick Lamar, right? We idolize Kamasi Washington, we idolize Blood Orange is a, is a good comp here, yeah, exactly. So I wanted to say that because. He did what I want this to be. Right. But the thing is, is that these are black men Hmm? whose voices have dominated the conversation for 100 million years, even at the case of being like, you know, marginalized people. So when you're a black female in this space. Right. And you're not Solange. Now, Solange, the the, the trick about Solange is that Solange is the, the, the sister of... Yeah, yeah, the no, queen it, of the it, entire it's, it's universe, and and that exceptionalism does not. No, but she walks into the room with that exceptionalism, right? So no, even that's if what I'm she saying. farted that, on the mic, that's what I'm saying. It'd be exceptional. It, it's not diminishing her talent at all, but it, it is like exceptionalism that was bequeathed, right? And then she over she overshot her exceptional her exceptional mark, yeah, which which Kalila does not have. She's still, like, largely, you know, underground artist. So for her to be able to get out a record that, in her mind, is like, I went through a breakup, I got into a new relationship. I am also 
learning how to be a, a, a grown woman in the world. And I want to be able to put that out freely on a record that I'm the executive producer of and that yeah. I am largely controlling everything about the whole entire narrative of the record. Mm-hmm. That's power. Now, whether or not the album is great, that's a whole other conversation. But just the fact that in yep, 2017, she can get this record out is a victory unto itself. In the format that it's in, yeah. Right. No, and I... Right. And, dude, I think that's the, and I think that's the... I, think, the I, I completely agree. I completely agree with that. That's a, that's a totally different conversation when we're talking right. about this. But, that's the, but that's, the, that's the trick with this album, though. Is that if you're looking, if you look, if you're looking deeper past that, there's nothing there yet, right? And that's so, so, right, but that's so but that's look, the thing. Look at, that, look at it like but, like look at it like this is part of our jobs as music journalists is that we are we we talk about stuff, you write about stuff, mm-hmm. and, and occasionally I write about stuff, but right. but we we talk about stuff with the intent of either uh, being a, a true critic, which is like it's either. It's good or bad, and you weigh the parts, and you try to put them together in a picture, or an advocate. And for this, like really, the the role I think people have taken is is that of an advocate, because the underlying message of what you just said is yep. much more important than any material on this album. But how do you square that with? Because when when I get to that point in the conversation, I'm like, okay, but then if somebody thinks that this was actually it was the art that was important then they're going to make this and then we get keep then we get stuck in the cycle of making not great art i'll i'll explain it to you there's like there's a key thing that Khalila doesn't have that like artists like Janet Jackson and Aaliyah had especially okay. Janet and Aaliyah um t- Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis though they are men had the ability to sit down with Janet and literally craft songs around exactly what she was what she was saying that's part of the Jam and Lewis like mythology. Yeah. Is that they sit down with every artist they've ever recorded with and they say, What's going on in your life? Yeah. When they sat down with Janet Jackson in eighty six, when she made the record control, she kept talking about how she wanted to take control of her career away from her father because her father was kind of a bastard. You know, Joe Jackson being yeah. Joe Jackson, legendarily. We know about Joe. Even better, when you talk about somebody like Aaliyah, Aaliyah had Missy Elliott or R. Kelly. Yeah, or, you know, like people around her. Now, say whatever you want about R. Kelly. R. Kelly's written some of the most iconic ballads in the history of modern rhythm and blues music. I Believe I Can Fly. Sure. Is amazing. And, but you, but you I, have Aaliyah. I would be remiss if I did not go on record as saying, though, that, that there is a conversation about, like, can you separate the person from the art in that case i don't think you yeah you can't but i'm saying that but i'm saying though that these female artists were blessed with a collaborative circle early in their careers that allowed them to create instantaneously astonishing music out of the gate khalila doesn't have that quite yet she has great producers great minds behind a board yeah and she's clearly a strong songwriter, but she's not one of like the top five great songwriters in the history of modern rhythm and blues or modern any music for that matter. Like not yet. having Jam having Jam and Lewis there to help craft control and help craft pleasure principle and help craft rhythm nation and yeah. 
all this other stuff that you've just been listening to. Let's wait a while. All these songs that are like, like what? I don't even know what that song is. But you're like, okay, like is let's wait a while on this album. So you just no, but it's like, it's like, and but uh, and that's actually the point. It's like that's a weird thing because you had uh, semi puritanical eighties, and uh, you know they they literally de aged Janet in yeah. the song to some weird virginal like 14 year old right you're just like what yeah and that's not here and and that's i think that might be as good a song as it is that might be the opposite of what we're talking about here right because as as good a song as that is it's not a good look especially like in the eight which we're gonna be talking about this yeah probably on thursday it'll be out but but it's not a good look in the age of 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 Weinstein, right. or as I like to call it, men getting their due. I have this weird desire for Kalila to sit with like Linda Perry. Yeah, and and that would be a really logical look. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much in Kalila McKenna. Oh, oh, that's that's See? a that's that's a good look. Yeah, that's a very good look actually. Be- because if if you take any of these songs and and you frame them as relationship songs. Right. And you just work with somebody like that who's in this case older. Right. Um because age is something that these records don't have. Age is and it's something that's very important I think for And there's a wisdom in age. You know, what what we get excited about I think in music most is when you hear a young kid who sounds like an old kid. Right? Yeah. Clearly is it, a young person who sounds like a young person. Yes, she is. Yeah. And it, and that's kind of beautiful on one level. Like if you're a I young agree. if you're a young person, if you're like say 24 years old, mm-hmm. or like even like my mentees who are like 20 and 22. And you know, they're like Marcus Kalila speaks to me and I'm like, "Well, of course she does." But the thing is is that she doesn't advance your conceptual narrative of what the answer looks like. Right. Which I think is one of the great things. I'm not going to be mansplaining this. You know, Carrie, how you doing? Um, <laughs> I'm not going to be mansplaining this, but I'm just, because there are no women in the room, this is something that I've come to understand about the great, you know, women's songs that I love, like uh-huh. women talking about women's lives, is that there's always something in the great, like, female empowerment, especially about relationship songs, that gives you the answer. Yeah. Even if you don't, know it like 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 let's wait a while which is a perfect example now that we're thinking about mm-hmm. it like it gives you the answer to abstinence in a song like you don't have to think about it really because it's oh, there that, this is a whole other podcast we'll talk about whether that's not yeah but it's but it's but it's fascinating that you <sighs> approach a lot going on there bro right but, <laughs> you, but, you, but it's fascinating I, that I know what you're saying yeah a yeah. song like that approaches without deeper analysis yes that is what the song does right but yeah, yeah I mean on I mean on a deeper analysis there's a whole lot of like yeah, God, there's a lot of like patriarchal shit that yeah, let's, yeah. Uh, let's, let's set another song what do you what, uh, I, I still need a little convincing here man uh, I, I let's need... see let's go to um the the, the, the album closer okay um, okay what are we, Alta, what are we talking Alta about this? yeah all right yeah, Altadena. And why this one? Um, it's the closer, and I think it's one of the strongest. Like, just like the product. Okay, so like one thing about this album that like drives me crazy is that the production's turned up too loud, and that her yeah. voice is clearly d- dead in the mix. Yeah. But this is one of those times where you actually get to like hear her, and she sounds great, and, and I think it's worth it, worth a listen. All right, let's go, Altadena. Before they all 
on something again talking during the break that this might be why it's not connecting with me because uh, it's mixed very like midline for people who don't understand compression or mixing you can basically in theoretical space adjust where something sits and and that's achieved by like you can do it like echoes delays or you can do it by compression, yeah. by like what it's going to hit, right? And and if you level everything out, I think, and what we were talking about was that this is a very popular technique in the EDM, yes, field because what's important in EDM, Marcus? It's, it's the drop, yeah. it's the baseline, it's everything. So so yeah, so it's not necessarily the track the, is mixed bottom heavy, and it's not necessarily the content of what anybody is saying. Not at all. Uh, I can't remember the last EDM song that somebody was like, "This is Dylan-esque. Yeah. You know, the, the, you so, know. but... Turn down for what? Certainly not right, right. Dylan-esque. Harlem right. Shake, not <laughs> Dylan-esque. I'm just saying. So, so, but what, 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 what's happening here, I think, is, is she's getting, even though this is a, is a power move on her part, uh, by taking control of this, she's getting buried in this. And my, the, one of the last questions I have for this is like, is do you think that's intentional? Because we're looking at this, and a lot of people have been looking at this like a soul out. Like this is this is a soul person. Not but a, what if this is just a kid who's like, Nah, man, my market is like EDM, and, and this is what I'm going for. It's not even that it's EDM. I think it's that this is um, listening music for politicized underground kids of all shapes, sizes, colors, whatever. And I think that's the thing is that, you know, the music is heavy intentionally. I mean, she comes from a punk and hardcore and metal background. So her music's always going to be heavy. It's always going to be hard. It's always going to be intentional and difficult. And if you hear the words, and that's, the, that's another thing too, is that speaks to the songwriting. Um, there's like maybe one in a hundred like punk metal people that cross over to soul well, especially nuanced soul, because words mean different things in each genre. So like if you you speak directly to the idea in like a metal song, that's what you're supposed to do because you're supposed to be hitting the thing on the head, nail on Mm -hmm. the head every single time. Yeah. Metal isn't subtle. Right. And this is, and, and there's a subtlety 
that's inherent in this because she's choosing to use ambient, you know, melodies and well, it's a subtle, interplay with it's romance and sex and love. To be there, and that's that's ultimately my problem with it is that the subtlety isn't there, and whether it's because of the mix, whether it's because of the writing, like it, it is. Yeah. It again, it's a power move by somebody who put all. It feels like to me, and look, I am always welcome to be corrected. Anybody can come on on the show or just email not but, a facts based podcast well it is now well yes and, and, now, right? and, and we, we've we've moved past that that's good it's a new basement so it's a facts based <laughs> podcast um and you know but it's just the depth isn't there and at least not the depth that I need which ultimately could be okay if it, it always amounts to if um especially dealing with things about relationships about love yeah about sex uh you know people have questions that they aren't afraid to ask and if if one of these songs some teenager or even an adult like it sparks something and be like oh okay i, I found my answer then that, that's perfect yeah definitely um that's where it is but that doesn't mean this is like a you know what's mean like this is like one of the best yeah. albums of the year. It's like no, it doesn't. So, it doesn't work like that. So I don't like the SZA record, but by comparison to the Kalila record, yeah. I like the yeah. SZA record now, which is funny. And I came around well, to it. If I only st- I still don't, but I came around to the SZA. SZA is such a fucking amazing writer. Yes. Okay. So so okay. So the the most intentional lyric that SZA's written in the last like three years. Eyes on Consideration, Rihanna's song. Yeah. She says, uh, I can, uh, what is it? Um, I can turn your shit to glitter. I can make it gold. Like, yeah. there's poetry in that lyric. Right. There's, like, nuance and hiding in that lyric. But it also hits like a like a rock. Like, it's like, boom. Like, there's something about the way it's, that it's sung and, and the and way that it's isn't delivered. Isn't that the best, like, lyric writing as far as we're concerned is, like, music critics and, uh, you know, a little more elevated consumers of music? Sure, pop is fine. Pop is great. Pop gets moving and stuff. Uh, it's when we start to talk about pop in that space that is not that, that is not poetry, that is not anything. That right. It, that it gets all muddy. Yeah, and it's... Because... because it it just that it, that is poetry. Yeah, and there's nothing on this that is poetry. And that and I think that's part of the whole like funkiness of it. Yeah, is that it's not meant to be easy to listen to. Like Kalila will never make a record that will be like super easy and go over like in a way that'll make you feel good about yourself. Like after right. you listen to it, like right. you might feel good. But it's like a bittersweet good. It's a complicated good. It's a politicized good. It's a good that has like a value added to it that might not necessarily be a positive one. Right. And I think that there's something important about that, especially as we flesh out the conversation about well, we're, we're, we're as and this is to get to the the the, the point about African American people because that's a po- poignant part of this record. Yeah. Is um you know like when we started to figure out like where do black people go as as a as a society. Like, you need a record like this to, like, help black women, I guess, understand, like, what it is to stand up and take your own power. I can, compl- I, uh, yeah, I, I can, yeah, right. I 1000% agree with right. that. Right. And that's necessary. But I mean, is there an album out there that'll probably come along and be a little less muddy? Well, and that's what I was just saying is that, like, if that achieved that for one person, then that's important. 
Yeah. Right. Then but, disregard not that you don't already disregard everything we have been talking about. Right. But I think, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but I think though that there's like a God, it's gonna sound how it sounds, but it's the truth. Because it's 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 there's a cleaner version of this record that exists in the world, even even more than likely for her as an artist. Yeah. Probably the next album. <laughs> Is, I I think should be around for a long time. I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and I think I think this is uh, this is a good first step. I think uh, people should be careful to lift this up as high as they are trying to, and just be like, look, this is a good. This is a, her first full length. Right, right, right. That's important. Uh, she's as any artist does is going to learn from not just the process but the feedback, and then the next one and it, it look. What two years between album cycles? Maybe it's going to be a radically different world. Oh it's no! Already like, a radically thoroughly, different world like, from when she recorded this. So we can't account for any of that. But the what I think is important is that the intent was there. It just for me didn't land, and for you, it's yeah. Like for me, on. I'm. I think it's an important album. That's what I wanted to like because yeah. there's there's like two or three records by black women this year that are important um a seat at the table is still important it's like kendrick lamar level important. friday okay saturday sorry good. Uh, i'll be up at songbird good yep. and then there's um still important um, second year still um also rap city's album which we need to talk about yeah yeah we do at some point and uh in Kalila's record these are important african-american female statements i think that in I was, I was telling someone this recently i said in all three of those records if you listed all of them together Scissor's record is in there too because she's a great songwriter. Mm-hmm. I've finally come around. Aaron Abernathy, I've come around to Scissor's record. Be glad. If only because like there's there's things that this record does doesn't do that Scissor's record did, and yeah. I'm like, and when you put the two of them together, then you're like, oh okay. So I think that there's a thing, a larger point to close out with. I think yeah, is that there is an evolving, there's an evolution in the African American politicized, soulful, not soul music, not R and B music, soulful. Shout out, Shout out to Brianna. Yeah. This is a soulful, not necessarily soul music or R&B music, but soulful in the, the, the characterization of people coming to grips yeah, and understanding. She was just covering Moses. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Bri. Lord. But, uh, but no, so like in the sense of like being able to like understand one's like humanity via beats and rhymes and melody. Yeah. I think that there's something happening in um, the the African American female voice and all of that that's really important, and I'm glad like we finally got to talk about this record because I think that yeah. it opens up that conversation, and that's an important conversation that people need to be thinking about and or having for sure. Um, I'm gonna make a recommendation here. I think um, you know we mentioned Janet Jackson a few times. Mm-hmm. I think maybe you and uh, I don't know maybe uh, Timothy Ann Burnside yeah should come back and talk about. Uh, Rhythm Nation. We might need to do that, and then uh, maybe we'll need to put that out after this. And because I think I think if you put these two together, it makes a nice little uh, yep compare and contrast. So I'm, I'm down, for, down it. for that. Let's get it. All right, man. Right on. Glad you brought this by. This is good. This is uh and you know, uh, I I always enjoy when people are like, you have to listen to this. Yes, which is what you did. I did, and, and uh, I said okay, and uh, yeah. So Galilos, uh, take me apart, and it is available everywhere.
Delilah's take me apart right there. Uh, if you dug it, look, I was up at Songbird last night here in Washington, D.C., and uh, saw, saw a copy of this hanging out. I think it was on the wall even. Uh, so go up there and get yourself a copy. I'm not going to be getting a copy, but uh, that's cool. And I was up there up there seeing uh, Curtis Harding, actually, his show. Guy I've been checking out. He has a new album out called Face Your Fear that we're going to be talking about uh, pretty soon. Pretty groovy show, pretty groovy album. But uh, but that's not for a few weeks. Coming up on Thursday, I want you guys to tune in if you like this. And it's sort of a continuation of our conversation here about the importance of art and, and actual important art. And uh, a funny thing happened a couple weeks ago is that I randomly started just listening to Rhythm Nation 1814. That is Janet Jackson's uh, masterpiece. Uh, I started listening to it again, and uh, I was asking around, and all of a sudden it seemed like other people had been listening to it and paying a little more attention. Uh, not because it's any anniversary. I think it just weirdly, you know, people get on the same wavelength or something. Uh, and then we were like, you know what? We should we should really, really talk about this album. And uh, so that's what we did. Marcus is back down here. Also, Timothy Ann Burnside, this time without her mom. Uh, but her mom is always welcome. She is... She is we are a fan of her down here. But uh, Timothy Ann Burnside from the National Museum of African American History and Culture. And um, and uh, I have an a in-depth and a rather long conversation about uh, just the impact that uh, this album had when it was released in 1989. The impact it's had on artists over the years. And why, if you subscribe to my theory that Janet Jackson is a time traveler, it's actually probably the best album of 2017. Uh, it's certainly the most relevant. Uh, it fits alongside, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about Aaron Abernathy's dialogue. Uh, that is born of that tradition. It is, um, it's great, is what I'm saying. And you guys should tune in. And if you aren't familiar with it, you're going to get familiar. If you are and you love that album, uh, you're going to hear some, some interesting uh, talking about it. And i uh, actually really proud of this one. This was a good time. Taped it yesterday, so... So hang in for that. That is our podcast for this Monday. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. That's in your iTunes interface. You can also, or it's on your phone, uh, Google Play, Mixcloud, and Stitcher. Hopefully Spotify coming soon. Uh, you can also leave us a rating or a message up there on iTunes. You can always listen to us on our site, www.chunkyglasses.com. Also at pippa.io. Now, pippa is, um, they are our podcast host when we started they were a free service. Now they have a free, you can try it out. I think you get like five episodes or whatever. But it's still like insanely affordable. And they keep developing it. And it keeps getting better and better and better. And you have like insanely uh, specific metrics. Which, uh, you know, we all we aren't really trying to sell our podcast. But some people do. And you need that. Uh, but they're, they're great to work with. And it's been a pleasure all this year. Uh, so it's Pippa.io. Head on over there and, and do that. But back to our site, you can also see... Uh, the work of Matt Conan and Mauricio Castro up there, out there doing the live music coverage every damn night. And uh, I, I will say this: so we had you've seen uh, you've seen a lot of things sort of get peeled off of coverage in papers. City Paper killed their live coverage. Uh, DCS was doing it once in a while. Um, you don't see it a lot. The Post every once in a while. So right now in DC, we're kind of. Uh, one of the few people doing it uh, and look, we've always been at the top of the game and I, I'm, I'm proud of that and that has nothing to do with me the past four years but uh, but yeah so you know if you see our guys out there hang out buy them a drink uh, say hi 
Uh, but really, just check out what they're doing because I guarantee you they're covering your favorite band. And uh, that's, uh, that's one way we try to get the music in your ears and get you excited about music because that's what this is all about. Uh, that's it. Now, I'm going to go play with the kitten. If you're in Virginia, get out and vote. Do not vote for that Gillespie motherfucker. Uh, vote Northam. But uh, I'll talk to you after Tuesday. We'll see, see what happens. Uh, until then, be good to your ears. Be better to your people. We will talk to you soon. I still hear guitars in the <laughs> 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 Kenobi!